this term like um, spiritual path or eightfold noble path gives rise that sense of this is about having a sense of purpose going places making decisive steps but it's all <laughs> the steps we're taking are actually not about going places in the ordinary sense of the word It's about getting to the end of places. Um, Territory we're crossing is the territory of our own mind, which always conceives a past and a future, somewhere else, I should be, could be, want to be, don't want to be, somewhere I was, conceives of that and conceives of somewhere that I am and if you examine any of those experiences of being somewhere or aiming to get get somewhere is just really a very sketchy notion no guarantees at all where you've come from is foggy memory Partial memory, where you are, is what? Sights, sounds, touches, impressions. What are they doing? They're moving through you, aren't they? Sights, sounds, touches, impressions. They're moving, they're changing. You contemplate, even just holding your eyes steady, you notice that the Qualities of vision change. And out of this we might construct a present, which is reasonable. Bodhinyana Rama Monastery, New Zealand. Whatever day it is, March 1st or something. Yet yeah, really, <laughs> that's a reasonable construction. And yet, what is it? What is Bodhinyana Rama Monastery? The walls, the buildings, the hall, the lighting, the people, all those are changeable. Really where we are is a space, sense of presence, awareness, and things coming to us, sense impressions, sights, sounds, thoughts, memories coming to us, and the world arising. And has the power to move us, to move us more than just physically, move us psychologically, emotionally, things we feel we dislike or would like to change, or things we feel we'd like to have more of and don't want to let go of. Moves us. It's moving us. And then. Where it moves us to is what? Same scenario. You know, we could go out the door and we get to the same situation, really. Somewhere else where there's things we enjoy, things we don't like, things we can plan, things we remember. Same scenario happening. Sights, sounds, touches, feelings, impressions, pushing, urging, enticing, 
tedious, all that coming and moving us. Oh, where next? Where this will change? Okay, get on a plane, go somewhere else. Sights, sounds, touches, thoughts, impressions, <laughs> memories, wanting something, fearing something, hoping for something, planning something. Okay, get on a bus, go somewhere else. Same thing happens. So, okay, well, we'll meditate. Do some breathing. Breathing arises, passes through. Yeah. Or maybe sometimes you get it, it seems to be quite pleasant, agreeable. Oh, yeah. Well, this would be the good. Then, oh, no, I've got to go out and mow the lawn. Oh, I've got to go out and walk the dog. Oh, I've got to go out and put the dinner on. Oh, I've got to go out because I'm tired. Oh, I've got to leave because I feel irritable. Oh, I've got to do something else. Pushing us, pushing us. Next thing. <laughs> got to get to work. Get to work. Got to get home. <laughs> be nice when I get home. I can put all this down. Get home, put things down. Ah, oh, that's nice. Well, I just have a cup of tea, settle in. Take a shower. Next thing. Oh, I'm sitting here. I want to have something to eat. Next thing. Phone call. Next thing. Oh, that's that moment of peace and quiet. Oh, maybe I'll meditate. Meditate, next thing. <laughs> Just going from experiences, one to the other, that changes, moving through us. And we're getting moved along. More of this, less of that. Adjust this, tweak that. Push that away. Get away from that. This is called the world. We don't get to the end of the world except by penetrating what it's about. Particularly penetrating certain fundamental properties about it, which are the sense of uh, perception. Something creates an impression. Something means something. Creates an impression on us. This is nice. That's beautiful. Oh, that's familiar. Oh, that same old thing. Oh, well, what's that? Kind of taking a photograph, if you like, of life as it goes along. Based upon that, a particular feeling arises. Oh, that's nice. Oh, tedious. Oh, unpleasant, disagreeable. And then activations occur. Start to get activated. Impulses. Drives. Urges. Tweaks, twitches, fiddlings, <laughs> fiddling around. Uh, so where does that go? On to more of the same. Same constructions occur. They're called the kundas. So, <laughs> just recognizing that uh, we don't really get anywhere that satisfying if we follow that we can get to places that are quite nice agreeable okay but not really liberating and is that possibility spiritual path eightfold path is aimed towards liberation from this 
that may sound like a big job and in many respects it, it takes training and there's a training in balance the Eightfold Path is called the middle middle way, it's balance not pushing not struggling not hanging back there's a famous but somewhat enigmatic um, short sutta in the connected discourses where there's somebody asked the Buddha how did you get across the flood? Floods is another way of interpreting this world this sense of stuff moving us along shifting us along things changing how did you get across the flood? and the Buddha said says not by straining forward and not by holding back did I cross the flood by not straining and by not halting and not standing still I crossed the flood what? <laughs> do that. so it's not really about pushing forward but it's not about being stagnant either it's not about making a frantic effort to get somewhere but not about being passive and uh, we can often kind of go to these places this is, this is a kind of refined or subtle way of interpreting this middle path between the pushing forward with so much effort to get somewhere even spiritually get somewhere and kind of going stagnant oh well life will take care of itself I suppose here I am, so what I'm just this, I'm just that muddle along which is sort of stagnant the middle path middle of that you have some things about being receptive and tuned in it's not passive because you're listening you're tuned in very carefully the image the Buddha uses a lute something like a kind of guitar you have the string exactly tuned in uh, so it's not loose and it's not tight this state of tuning was called samma uh, that's pretty very close to samma <laughs> if you look at the Pali samma has one M samma has two M's uh, samma is the epithet applied to the Eightfold Path fulfilled proper, right skillful, whole it's got this sense of things that are proper fulfilled, fitting proper effort right, fitting, appropriate and samar means tuned in it's interesting when you recognise that all the Buddha's teachings were spoken not written down that when a person heard one of those words they might also hear the nuance of the other word he's being tuned in tuned in to when you're tuned in another appropriate way of conceiving that middle place is balance something the bodies know very well 
and balance when you're standing up or walking along. If you're not balanced, you're going to fall over. Right. And balance is a particular feature that's very significant for humans because you walk around on two legs. One of the few creatures that does that. And human body is very skillfully adapted to that function so we can walk around without having to hold on to anything apes generally have to put their knuckles on the ground we can walk around just using the balancing effect of the spine so you don't fall over you can even lift one leg off the ground when you walk and that balance will keep you from falling over the body does certain turnings to hold that balance You don't notice it because the body does it so well. You don't have to make an effort to do it. But you can also recognize that you can easily lose balance if you're careless, if your mind takes over. Too much thinking, not noticing where you are, you can lose balance. I was told that a source of fatality in human beings, which is actually more prevalent than death by sharks or wolves, is death by trousers. And death by trousers means you're struggling to put your trousers on in in a confused way and you get one foot stuck down the trouser leg and you fall over. (laughs) Because you're in a hurry to get to work or you're you're looking for your car keys or you're trying to get the light on or you're busting to get to the toilet or something so you stick one leg and then you fall over. And this is something that hundreds of people either die or get, you know, uh, broken legs or smash their heads, fall downstairs, fall on a on a stone floor or something. Trouseritis died by cause of trouseritis killed them. <laughs> that's how, because at that moment their mind wasn't really in their body, <laughs> tuned into the body, and they were so eager or confused or agitated to get somewhere that they've lost it yeah. Yeah. now most of us can actually survive <laughs> the mind being somewhere else because we generally sit in cars or we, when you rush along you don't have to be that balanced just the rushing along of the momentum will keep you balanced if you walk steadily and this is of course what walking meditation is about yeah. tuning into that sense of balanced Walking meditation is a very interesting form of meditation because it's about stillness within movement. The body is moving, but the balance is still. It's like you're carrying a stack of plates on your head. And that's the image the Buddha used for cultivating one of the many images he used for cultivating mindfulness, he says, imagine you have a bowl full of oil placed on top of your head, brimming full of oil. Yeah. And somebody's walking behind you with a sword. And you have to walk without dropping, spilling any of that oil. Otherwise you cut your head off. Right in front of you is a dancing girl. There's crowds around you. 
Um, would you give her any attention? No. <laughs> would you concern yourself with what the crowds were doing or thinking about? Nope. <laughs> You'd stay very, very balanced. You see, this is the kind of approach you should bear, should have. It's not about going forward, really. The body will move forward, but your mind doesn't move forward. It stays where it is, and it sustains the balance. And when we're in this kind of living situation, when you're doing walking meditation, for example, simple example, you let the body do the walking, mind just keeps the balance. It's a nice way to cultivate the sense of an inner core stillness, which is not inert, it's receptive to all the subtle sensations that can be going on and the influences that can be affecting you and you realise the most important thing is to stay balanced. And then whatever action you do with your arms, your legs, your speech, as long as you keep the balance, that's going to be wise and appropriate. So you don't, then you don't really have to th- try to figure out what you're going to do tomorrow when you go to this, that or the other. What you do tomorrow is you stay balanced and you feel the sense of fear or anxiety or pressure and you don't follow it. And you sense there's something important to do here. Okay, stay balanced and then begin to extend your attention, your awareness out and see what kind of actions can come from that that don't throw you too far forward they don't throw you back this is the way you cross the floods now the bodies of course can do this and it's a when you experience balance in your body and you linger with that what is it what is balance we use the word what does it feel like well so you're standing on your feet, standing there, you can feel sensations of your feet, maybe sensations in your shoulders, maybe you can feel your belly moving as you breathe in and out, sensations, but you're not being pulled by them. There's a place in your body which is not a sensation. It's the place that monitors the sensation. Balance has no sensation to it. It's the absence of being pushed or pulled by sensation. Right? Check it out. What does it feel like? How do you know it? You know, there's that sensation, there's that sensation, and they're balanced. I'm not being pulled this way or that way. I'm awake, I'm alert to them, I'm sensing them. Yeah. And my motivation for action is not based upon the sensations, but based upon what is appropriate purpose now. What is wholesome action now? What is fulfilling? How do I stay in tune? What's appropriate? Now, why I bring this up is because the mind really doesn't do balance very well at all. (laughs) Unlike the body, which you can train, you can even be an acrobat or a 
tightrope walk or stand on your head, you can develop balance to a very fine degree. You see ice skaters doing amazing things and not, not falling over on one, skating around on ice on one leg. You know, that's how far you, it can be developed. The mind, on the other hand, finds it very difficult to find balance because the mind is generally fiddling, <laughs> tweaking, preoccupying. If you liken thoughts and ideas to sensations, you know, if the body experiences sensations, the mind was the mind experience. It experiences thoughts. It experiences emotions. Right? Right? Emotions, thoughts, drives, interested, eager, bored, fed up, irritated. Yeah? Generally, emotional spectrum is what the experience is. And what does it do with that? It tangles with them. It fights with them. It clings to them. It mediates them. It compares them. It gets enmeshed with them. It gets involved with them. And it thinks by getting involved with them, it will find the right blend. (laughs) Where it will be happy. (laughs) And it does this a lot. Uh, and you look at the results. Yeah. Particularly when you're, as we all do, live in a world of relationships with other people. You realize it's not going to be quite the way I think, or the way I, my preference is it's going to be some sort of compromise. Yeah. If only I could get away on my own, where I don't have to compromise, just think exactly the way I'd like them to be. And then you find still the pressure of wishing, wanting, resisting, planning, remembering, hashing over old memories. So you don't really find that place of balance by following any thought or emotion inclination, nor by fighting with them or tangling with them or wishing they weren't there, which is more the same thing. Where do you find it? By finding a place in your mind which is centred, this is a thought, this is an emotion, this is an inclination, this is a resistance, this is a havering, a wavering. This is a resentment, this is an anxiety. This is an eagerness, this is excitement. This is this. And that doesn't seem to be doing anything. Because balance isn't about doing anything. It's about knowing the various pressures that are occurring, pushing you this way, pulling you that way, and relaxing into balance which you really understand these things as changeable and you begin to review where does that one go what's the purpose of that one how much stuff happening in our mind is just basically just noise you know thoughts we've already thought that thought a hundred times here it is again I've had that memory a thousand times, and here it is again. 
You've had that little piece of wishing going on. Here it is again. Here's my favorite fantasy. Here's my favorite resentment. Here it is again. <laughs> you know? And, okay, so, where does that go? Go anywhere useful? No. But if you find the balance, you know where it goes. It goes to fading out. Because there's no energy going into it. No energy of aversion or fascination. It's just that. Let it pass. You find something rather marvelous that we didn't really know. A quiet inner center. Right there. In the middle of all this. Where energy begins to gather and steady in that balanced poise. Then, of course, now you can be much more wise and discerning about well, whatever actions I do, whatever thoughts I follow, I don't lose anchor. I don't, don't let go of that inner quality because this is the place of sanity wisdom that I can feel assured about. I can feel this does not claim anything, it does not resist anything, it doesn't try to prove anything, it's not trying to become anything, it's just steady. That's certainly reliable. And that can stay with you, which is the point. Whatever the feeling, the thought, the mood, the sensation or whatever, that it's possible for that to be so well accessed and opened and returned to that it becomes a refuge. Really, you know, the spiritual path is not for going anywhere or becoming something. It's for finding humbly, modestly, but powerfully the refuge with craving and fear Grief, sorrow, resentment don't take over. That's what we can know. In some ways it's extremely modest, but it's transformative. Our efforts in cultivation, you know, we can see samma, right, fulfilling, purposeful, useful, wholesome, tuned in, properly aligned effort. Again, it's a balanced thing. Things you turn away from and persistently stay away from. Things you bring forward and persistently hold, uphold. Qualities that you and these are qualities of integrity, qualities of wholesomeness. And much of our practice isn't really about moving forward. It's about maintaining and keeping clean and in good condition. Which is always something that 
you people tend to find less attractive than some new thing. Actually, most of monastic life is just about sweeping the path. <laughs> when you come to a, a monastery, every morning you hear this sound of sweeping. I hear it here. Go to Thailand, I hear it there. I'm in England, I hear it there. Every morning, that sound. And of course, within two hours, the leaves have fallen, dust has gathered. Next day, sound of sweeping. It's It's a lovely sound. It's kind of quite a calming sound. And there's a sense to it. It's just the person is just sweet, sweet, sweet. You're not frantic. You're not, you know, trying to get, get it all done. You're just sweeping. That's it, sweeping, sweeping. You're maintaining. Uh, much of our practice is just like that. It's like sweeping the path. Yeah. You, know, you realize if you go on a journey, right, get all excited about the journey. Your tickets, your passports, you know, where you're going to go, hotel you've booked into, what the weather's going to be like when you get there, amazing scenery you know, when you get there. Most important thing, though, is uh, make sure you've got the right equipment. <laughs> so if somebody's going for a walk in the mountains, ah, great, walk the mountains, beautiful scenery, amazing, lovely clean air, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Have you got your boots? Boots? What boots? Well, make sure you've got boots. Have you got a map? Map? What map? Make sure you've got a map. Have you got wet weather gear? Wet weather gear? Yeah, make sure you've got wet weather gear. Yeah. Have, you got a, have you got a light for the darkness? Light? What was that for? Make sure you've got a light. If you go in the mountains without that, you're an idiot. <laughs> you're going to come into disaster. Yeah. But then I, I don't want to, I want to have the wonderful view, I want to have the fresh air, I want to climb. No, you need boots. You need strong walking boots. You need a rope. You need a lamp. You need wet weather gear. You need something to keep you warm. All the boring stuff. Keep it clean, keep it tidy, make sure it works. Otherwise you're going to come to disaster. Yeah. But it seems that when we, <laughs> You walk out the door, do you have your mindfulness with you? Mindfulness? No, I've got to get to work. I'll be mindful when I get home. No. <laughs> I'll be mindful when I get to the monastery. No, have you got your mindfulness with you? Oh, mindfulness. Boring old mindfulness. Have you got your sense restraint with you? Oh, sense restraint. I don't like sense restraint. I want to go see, yeah. Have you got your sense of wise attention? Deep, full, you know, clear attention as to what's useful to look at and what's not useful to look at. Have you got that? Carrying that with you? Right? If you're not carrying that with you, you're not carrying mindfulness, proper attention, right? 
right view, sense of proper purpose, you can get into trouble, you can get into disaster. Yeah. And you get home at the end of the day, oh, I feel bad. Well, you didn't carry your kit with you. It's rather like that, you know. We don't do that much, but we do things like recognize. You know. You need to associate with skillful people. Otherwise it's going to get dangerous and difficult. Associate with skillful people. It's probably likely you'll hear some skillful ideas, teachings, words, advice. If you don't, you won't. If you want to hear skillful teachings, words and advice, you better associate with skillful people. Otherwise you can associate with people who talk rubbish. Or distracting. If you associate with wise people talk clear, sensible advice, the likelihood is your sense of conscience and concern, your ethical sensitivity, your sense of dignity and purpose, your integrity will be encouraged. That isn't encouraged, things would get very tricky. You start to lose your values. You've got that sense of integrity, the likelihood is the kinds of wrong action through body, speech and mind are not going to happen. Without that, it's very easy to slip. Follow the herd, have the casual drink, say the silly words, gossip and slander. Yeah. Easy because that's that's the tide of the world. So you got you know, you're ready for that. Do you have the conscience of concern? Do you have the integrity? Do you understand the basis? What the body, what thinking actions can do. If you do, likelihood is you'll have strong mindfulness. If you have strong mindfulness, the likelihood is you're going to get through the hindrances of ill will, restlessness, passion, sleepiness, dullness, lethargy, doubt. Get through those. If you don't get through those, your mind's going to be muddled. If you get through those, for sure, the enlightenment factors will open. So what are you doing? Keeping your kit, keeping your equipment, keeping your tackle, keeping your equipment. It's the same equipment every day. And you're keeping it polished, bright, refreshed. And then you let that, that has a process. Just as the streams of the world carry you one way, the stream of Dhamma carries you another way. You don't have to do the stream, but you do have to enter it. And this is the way you enter it. You stay balanced. Then in entering that stream, you cross the floods of the world. So I'll offer this for your reflection this evening.